rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> Ryan, we're not talking about Limp Bizkit this week. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> oh, dang. Rolling, 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 rolling. What the f***? Rolling. <laughs> I almost got what? it. Oh, give me, give me one more chance. I need both hands. Ready? Rolling, 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 rolling. What? Keep rolling. <laughs> come on sorry come you on would be pretty what. good yeah sorry. we might need a we might need a come on we we right. a bunch of people have earned a come on that's true that's true ryan how in the hell are you doing fan fucking tastic bud sick oh mike's a little hot so gonna have to fix that in post <laughs> Great. That's uh, not a really thing that you can. Not a really thing. It's just not a really thing. Don't tell the people. <laughs> I, I did forget that last time we recorded, I decided to record with my microphone a little further away from my face. Mm. It is sometimes a thing you can fix in post, but I'm absolutely not going to spend the time trying to. <laughs> so sorry about your ears for a second there, everybody. Ryan got excited about how great he is today. Sick. You got some nice headphones on, bro. You look like you're ready to pwn some noobs and cod. Let's go. <laughs> should we? Should the next progression of this podcast just be like headset mics? You know... I when we did the LA live show, there were a couple moments there where I was like, "Man, we're so used to doing this show looking at each other, but with static microphones, every time we turned our heads, I had to kind of, you know, like mm. maneuver the microphone." And I feel like right. if we went straight up Janet Jackson mic, man, we could be we could have big standing energy, we could have big sitting energy, we could be we could have big dancing energy I while have, recording the podcast. I have a uh... I, I, for one, prefer to move as little as possible while recording, but I, I do I have... you were going to end the sentence there. <laughs> just in general. I prefer to be static. It's, movement is overrated. An object at rest tends to remain at rest. <laughs> True facts. Uh, I have a like a, a clip-on lapel mic with a little... A little tiny recorder that you can clip to your belt. So mm. I, you could have that if you want to just like run around the house while we record, I guess. Damn. It'll make the video part a little bit harder unless you get on your like Zoom VR shit or something. Zoom VR shit. You know, maybe. You could just have me we'll, sitting directly, my face directly in front of your eyeballs. In, no in matter real what life, I'm doing in my house. Yeah. Sounds. While you're falling down the stairs and we're recording it. Sounds honestly terrifying. <laughs> I'm cooking dinner and just like throwing food on the burner. Can't see the pan. And then we'll put a, a GoPro on your head for your feed to me. So I'll just have to give you directions. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's like that thing where people put their arms behind their back and then they have somebody stick their arms through. Yeah, but for Zoom. Yeah. Cool. And your whole body. Sounds like I'd <laughs> burn my house down and or cut my hand off. Yep. Let's well, do you it. I, I wouldn't try cutting anything. I don't. That doesn't really seem necessary. Well, I said I was going to make a meal. so. Oh, I well, just... yeah, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> I missed that part. I was saying I could cook a meal while we record, but mm. if be you some... were controlling my hands, I'd probably cut my hands off. It'd be some nice ambiance, though. It's a little, a little sizzling in the background, a little oh. chop chop. I thought, you meant dice, the sound of me... I thought you meant the sound of me cutting my hands off, and I was like, oh, so you're a serial <laughs> killer. Thanks. 
You know, the sound yeah. of you shrieking while you lose a limb. Yeah, this this podcast, some, some, this lighthearted, friendly podcast could use some fucking torture ambiance, I think. Yeah. That's next after the headset mics is fucking sure. horror foley in the background. Horror foley in the back. <laughs> Man, that's really someone's job, isn't it? To make... All those squishy sounds? Yeah, dude. Make all those squishy sounds. Mm-hmm. Damn. There what are a whole studios we- dedicated to that shit. What a weird life. It's a, Foley's a cool job, man. It'd be fun. I was like watching the video of it because you're like, you're trying to figure out like, what the fuck did they use to make that? And it's always something fucking weird. They got to have a warehouse full of weird shit. Well, yeah, man. They're like fucking Foley studios and Foley artists and they got their own collections of weird shit and rooms to record their weird shit in. No, I know. It's just like, oh, we need a broom, Insane. but we need it to sound like a different broom. So then right, they go right. to their fucking broom collection and go like. Uh, let's try one of our 10 brooms. Or, you know, you go sound design on it because you need lasers and you go and bang wrenches on some fucking uh, power lines or whatever the fuck they did for Star Wars. Is that how they made the fucking laser cannon sounds? It was something like that. Like uh, some like tension, big steel tension wire thing and they banged on that shit. Fucking weird guys. I like it. It's brilliant, man. I mean, when it works, I was gonna say it got it got him to the goal. <laughs> that I forget that dude's name, but he's like uh, kind of took sound design to its modern. I don't know. What I'm talking about. Hi, <laughs> what's uh? There's a Hi, guy it's the and one he like podcast. did stuff and I'm he made Ryan, it. That's he, Spencer. <laughs> he made it modern. I think maybe. It's the what if podcast. What if we fucking knew what we were talking about, bud? Well. Then it wouldn't be our podcast. Oh, man, we need some fucking help, buddy. Oh, man, we need fucking help, buddy. Ryan. Hello. I have a tale of horse snapping for us today, which I think is a new topic for the podcast. Holy friggin' shit, buddy. But uh, before we do that, what has brought you joy recently? The fact that I'm about to talk about kidnapping a horse? That well, fucking... I mean, it's actually... Don't make too many jokes yet, because it's before you hear the story. It's actually one of the darker things we've covered in a while. Oh, <laughs> but that aside, and like the last forty-five minutes aside, what's what's been bringing you joy? Well, no, I'm sad. <laughs> well, you don't know the story yet, but that—I mean, somewhere in between those two reactions, I think is going to be appropriate. A horse napping sounds funny. Yeah, I mean, I guess not for the horse. Well. I mean, what do they put a bag over his head and we'll get there. What what's what's making you happy? He's not gonna tell anybody where they took him. I mean if it was that one Nick at night horse he would. That one Nick at night horse. <laughs> wow. Mr first of all, I think Mr. Ed lasted there it a, is. was around for a long time before Nick at Night was a thing. Well yeah, but I didn't see him. I wasn't near. I just identifying him as that Nick at Night Horse. Did you know who I meant? I clearly nailed Mr. Ed pretty quickly. So... Also, I don't think society has too many talking horses outside of Mr. Ed and Bojack Horseman, but And one of those was not a real horse. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Spoiler alert, the other one couldn't actually talk either. What? Um Okay, Joy. Um yeah. Shit, buddy. 
How are you feeling after your uh, your booze-free month of health and fitness? Feeling strong. Feeling fucking strong? S- lighter. <laughs> yeah, dog. <laughs> feeling a little lighter on my feet. It's got to feel good. That's got to help the standing energy. Bro, big standing energy has increased by roughly 10%, man. <laughs> stronger legs, stronger core, less to hold up. That's got to be good. Let's go. I'll, I'll be out here. I'll be... Soon I'll be doing jumping jacks through the show. Fuck with your boy. Once we get you a headset mic, you can go Paula Abdul on it. Oh, God. Wouldn't it be sick? It would be sick. You could do whatever you wanted. You could, like, what would talk you with your hands and move around. Nothing is keeping you from using your hands right now. No, but, like, I'm thinking about live shows, man, when, like, we, oh, we go to well, places with those? people again. The one place that actually let friends. us do the two places that ever let us do live shows both closed, so I think we're out of luck. Aww, <laughs> aww. I don't know if it was because of our shows or not, but I don't think we helped. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm prepared to take responsibility for either of those venues shutting down. <laughs> it's almost keep, like there were a couple other complicating circumstances. Look, all I know is we didn't keep them open. I guess you could make that <laughs> argument all right so so just so we can move on from this next time we do a live show you'll have a headset microphone yes or a clip all on I ever microphone wanted. all or i both. ever wanted and we'll put you in stereo and put like cool effects on one of them i'm gonna do spins like you michael can, jackson spins you can do that well Fuck yeah. i mean if your if your body lets you the microphone won't be the limiting factor there that's all I'm going to do now is just practice mic'd up spins, bro. That's my new workout for right, February. So is, your, is your joy the one that I suggested, or did you have something? Yeah, no, I'm feeling good, man. I'm pr- hey, I'll, t- I'll say this. I'm proud of uh, – I did something I've never done before in January, and that's something to be proud of anytime. And And what was that? Oh, just to, like, eat, like, 100% healthy – do some sort of workout and uh and go dry for 31 consecutive days. Yeah. Non-stop. You know? In a row. In a row. Back to back. Back to back to back to back. <laughs> back to back. Uh you still on the the booze free train or did you hop back on? Uh, or we, off we, uh, or, I never wifey, know how that works. Wifey and I had some some wine with dinner last night, a little bit of like a celebratory toast to the success of the month. But uh, right now I'm drinking. <laughs> you you uh, celebrated not drinking by drinking? Yeah, okay. no doubt. Okay, sure. But sure. I'm drinking strawberry bubbly right now, so. Like champagne or? Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> the the, the <laughs> carbonated little, beverage. A little strawberry wine in your in your mug there? It's terrible, by the way. The strawberry bubbly flavor is mm. potentially fart flavored. I do not recommend it. Oof. <laughs> is that how they, they carbonate it and flavor it at the same time? Gross. <laughs> well, this has been the What It Podcast. We're sorry for ever existing. <laughs> and uh, we'll, see, uh, we'll see you never. That, that This is the end <laughs> of fuck, us. These fuckers on Apple Podcasts were right. <laughs> Guys, hey, if you like the show and you listen to the show, uh, go review us on Apple, man. Who cares about reviews? It honestly, people say people it helps. It, it honestly does literally nothing. Anybody who's telling you that that's helping people find their show is just lying. It's, we're not lying. It does. It helps people find the show. Don't listen to Spencer. Prove it. Prove <laughs> it. Uh, what's your joy? Uh, 
I have some some music work starting to trickle back in again, which is fun. Oh, the world is nature is returning. I mean, no, I think people are just you know, the the waited out crowd has has hit their limit of like, oh, we could just go back to having shows like you know, in a couple months, and I'll wait to put out my record until we got shows again. It's like. Either just either make stuff or don't make stuff because who the fuck knows uh, yeah, yeah. when anything is gonna ha- if and when anything will ever be similar to the way it used to be. So so just make shit. Yeah. Um, and don't overthink shit, guys. Just fucking don't overthink it. Yeah, Kenny. Um, yeah, Kenny. So that's been that's been fun to be able to work on helping people make records again. It's been a minute. Fuck yeah, bro. Yeah, I got a record coming out on Friday. Fuck yeah, bro. Yeah, that's going to be fun, maybe, for the couple, three, four people that listen to it. Hopefully they like it. I like it. That's all that matters. Sure. I'll tell myself that for now. (laughs) (laughs) Success is liking my own music. Yeah, sure. I like myself. (laughs) <laughs> do, you, yes. do you want you want to hear about a good old fashioned horse napping? Well, I don't know now. <laughs> I think it's the only. I say good old fashioned, and by that I think I mean it's literally the only one that has happened ever. I gotta ask you a legitimate on air production meeting question. Yeah, do you want to start help? You want to help me plan these again so that we don't talk about horse nappings? Have we ever reached the limit of me planning the episodes? <laughs> That's not where I was headed. I'm okay. actually really psyched to talk All about right, horse snapping, and I'm probably going to make more jokes about it than is than is appropriate. Then, yeah, well. Um, no, but my gain is just way too high, and I'm not <laughs> sure if I should adjust it at this point in the show or not. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> like, how, <laughs> how high is too high? I mean, I just, you know, I'm, I'm topping out every, like, five or six minutes here accidentally. <laughs> Cool. Just cool, want, cool. just for a hot second. I may have to edit a podcast for once. Um, I mean, yeah, go ahead and turn that down. I guess just a just a titch. Let's yeah. not be hitting red. At least that would help. Just just a tad. That would at least decrease the amount of work I have to do when we're done recording. You'd think. You'd think. <laughs> Ryan, the uh, just to complete my pitch for the the clip on mic. Oh, I thought you were about to pitch horse snapping, and I got nervous. Yeah, I know this horse. Uh, I think we should take it. I'd like us to have a horse. We can't afford one. Look, I'm I really only see one path forward here. We got. I'm steal bored a horse. as hell in quarantine, bro. I'm down. All you got, <laughs> just say the word, man. I'm there. I'll take. I'll take that horse. Well, I got a big yard, man. Honestly, mm. bro, you got a big dog. You I basically have, already have, have a small horse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, he weighs 102 pounds now. By the way. Got weighed for the first time in a while. He's a he three-digit boy. He That's my it. big man. Yeah. <laughs> That's my big man. All right. So Shergar was a racehorse in the night early '80s. Are you sure it wasn't a Middle Earth character from Lord of the Rings? I mean, it could be both. Were there horses in those books? Not just Shergar. Sounds oh, like sure. Shergar well, I mean, the warrior. He, he was an Irish horse, so that might have something to do with it. Middle Earth always gave I don't know if it actually had anything to do with Ireland But it gave off Irish vibes Is that Oh are we in Ireland Uh, Yeah 
We are actually. He was <gasps> an Irish bred but British trained thoroughbred racehorse. How did they get him over there? Did he fly? He <gasps> yeah, horses he... on planes is a thing that I learned about while researching this. No, horses be flying all over the place. It turns out. Ah, <laughs> the logistics behind that are like a cargo plane and a, a ramp, and then like I'm, you know, you probably gotta like tie them to something inside. How do those little ankles deal with planes landing? Uh, lay down, maybe. I thought horses died when they laid down for extended periods of time. I'm sorry. Why did you think that? Because don't they sleep standing up? Because they're like weight, the weight of their own bodies like hurts them. Um, like they can see. like lay down and roll around and shit, but like for extended periods of time, I don't think a horse can just like lay on its own. <laughs> so I googled, do horses sleep standing up? And you know how Google will like choose a, a top result and give you the one little paragraph summary. <laughs> For a second there, I thought you'd be like, you know how Google tells you you're a fucking idiot? <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, it pulls the, like, pull quote from the top result that it thinks answers your question. Yes. So this says, horses have an amazing ability to to be able to sleep standing up, but they do also sleep lying down. If you're a horse, you need to be able to do both. Oh, good to know, said the horse Googling this information. <laughs> also, the horse who has never slept... That's a very really narrow casting your audience here. You're you're trying to appeal to horses who have not yet slept. So day old, one to three day old horses who can read is your audience here, and can also use Google with their hooves. Right. How to sleep? <laughs> so tired. Very small horse must rest. So anyway, please they... computer help. I don't think horses die if they lay down. Not die, but like it's like bad for them over time to sleep laying down for extended periods of time. I, I thought that was a thing. I don't think that's true, but I don't know much about horses. Uh, I, let's see. I, I don't know, I, man. It sounds fucking wild to put a horse in an airplane. That's all I'm saying. That I will definitely agree with. Pet Pet MD says they sleep laying down and they will sometimes snooze standing up. Got it. Got it. But they also don't sleep very much, it turns out. Okay, anyway, not the point of any of this. You can <laughs> fly horses places. Even in the 80s, you could. Yeah, I was going to say, the point of this is, apparently, if you want to breed a horse in Ireland and train it in Great Britain or in fucking England, you're going to have to put it on either a boat or an airplane. <laughs> yeah. Airplane seems like the move there. At least it wouldn't be very long. You know, you got like a little, you got a horse on a plane for an hour. Keep him busy. Bring a couple apples and like some, I don't know, some card tricks to distract him or something. Some card tricks. You just got to grab his attention during takeoff and landing, and that's probably fine. You know, give him Pick some like card. headphones, some gum to chew on so his ears don't pop. Pick a card, any card. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe because... some like some nice sleight of hand to like pull some shit out from behind his ears. You know, mm. something like that. They'd probably They're do the trick. Ears. They're big ears. You could hide a lot in there. Yeah. Um, so Shergar absolutely dominated Irish thoroughbred racing in 1981 and into 1982 as a yeah. uh, one-and-a-half to two-year-old. Racehorses apparently peak very early in their lives. It's when they're lightest. Yeah? Yeah, it Is can move faster when they're, when they're springier and they don't have 
they're not carrying I, so much weight. I apologize, but I'm gonna not. I'm gonna assume all your horse facts are false until proven true. After you opened with, they die if they lay down. <laughs> so. Okay. I got to admit, I, I very much overstated the point I was trying to make about them laying down. It wasn't um, like they lay down and then they stay down because they're dead. If their that stomach touches the... grass, instant death. It's, if their butt touches grass, also instant it's, death. Instant death. <laughs> if they're their back touches a... grass, surprisingly, also instant death. <laughs> they're going to need a hospital, okay? They're going to need a hospital. <laughs> need a horse morgue. It's too late for the hospital. Uh, if that butt touches right. grass, fucking out of here. That's You're right. Anyway. Uh, Buddy just crushed Irish Irish racing in 81 and 82, winning five major derbies and being named European Horse of the Year in 1981, which is an absolutely fabulous title. I love it. And he did not just win. He absolutely whooped those other horses' asses. In the, the couple of clips that I watched, dude was winning by like 10 lengths and shit. Just... Just trotting a mile you're, ahead of everyone else. You're painting uh you're painting a picture of a very desirable horse. <laughs> Thank you. That's the point. A horse that someone might want to steal. <laughs> bum bum bum. So he he ran for one season and won five derbies in one season. Damn. Yeah. Which I'm assuming is the equivalent to like an American horse winning the Triple Crown its first season out and then retiring. I was going to say a Grand Slam title in tennis, but also yes. <laughs> sure. Just depends on how far you want to take the analogy, I guess. <laughs> hey, look, they're athletes too, okay? They're doing the if, hard work out here. If a horse could play golf, he won all four majors. Uh, he was owned by Aga Khan the Fourth, or Prince Shah Karim Al-Hussein, who is the who was A, a billionaire, okay, and B, the Aga Khan is a title of a spiritual leader to 15 million Ismaili Muslims okay. who claims direct descent from, or descent from Muhammad. Got it. So this dude was very rich, very powerful, and very not Irish. And very much liked having badass horses. Yes, he owned uh, more than 100 of them at one point. Oh, that's too many horses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good ones can make a shitload of money, it turns out. Also, I guess if you're a billionaire, it's probably very easy for you to take care of 100 horses and not worry about that. I mean, I don't think he was personally tending to them. I meant he could afford to have those oh, horses yes. taken care of in a very nice way, and they would all be just fine and live very happy, healthy lives. I mean, especially if some of them are making him a shitload of money. Um, when Shergar retired, Aga Khan sold 40, well, split the ownership of the horse into 40 shares, each share going for roughly $382,000. I'm sorry, how do you own a part of a horse? I think a lot of horses are owned by like ownership groups, not a not an individual. So this wait. So this is like, hey, he had a banger of a year. He's gonna be pretty valuable because he's gonna win more races or place in more races. You can invest in my horse and mm. you get 
a split of the prize winnings every time he wins something? Well, when they're racing, yes. When he was racing, I believe he was owned just by an individual. When he retired and started studying, then they mm. sold shares of him. Because horses that win shitloads of races and can stud for a long time make shitloads of money. Oh, got it. So somebody somebody pays this horse to stud 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 times a year. Right. And every time that happens, each of these people makes money. Yes. So, But why would you, if you own the horse outright, why would you sell shares to it? Why wouldn't you just be like, I'm just going to take that money and put it in my pocket every time the horse studs? Because he got all at once guaranteed whatever 382,000 times 36, 34 is because he kept six shares. Somewhere in the realm of $20 million? Uh, maybe. Math is hard. You said 40 times how much? 382? Yeah, that was the total value. 15.3. So, and then he kept six shares. So he made like $12 million in a day and then still had a majority share of this. Well, not majority, but the largest individual share of this horse. Yeah, I mean, not a bad investment, I guess. Right. Not a bad. <laughs> Good work if you can get it. Right? Like, you take the $12 million guaranteed over whatever the stud fees might add up to over time. I guess. Except because in this built. case, he got kidnapped after one season of studying. Bro, well, how much does horse insurance cost? Uh, well, he was insured, but we'll get there. Um, he was insured? Amazing. Yeah. It was 34, uh, so it was Aga Khan plus 34 other investors from nine different countries owned this horse collectively. Damn. Um, stud fees for like your average racehorse can range from between about a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand to seven hundred thousand per mating. Fuck you. And some stallions can breed with well over a hundred mares per year. And okay. some of their quote studying careers can last a decade or more, some up to twenty years. Okay, so but then if but you then, have if you have a horse like Shergar who's like top level, this dude was one of the best racehorses of all time. You're probably pulling down like half a mil each time. You do that a hundred times a year, you're making fifty million dollars a year off of uh, one horse. Wait, I thought you said the top was a hundred thousand dollars per mating. No, one hundred to seven hundred thousand per per mating. Yes. But okay, but then I won't get too stuck on this. But then selling shares of it makes no sense because in a year you could make that same amount of money. So why not just stud it for a year and keep every ounce of that profit for yourself? He could have, yeah. But it just seems like $12 million up front pales in comparison to up to $50 million a year for five years. Yeah. However, if you're making, if that hands off approach allows you to do this with a hundred different horses, maybe that's part of the appeal. Yeah. Like other people do the logistics portion of things and you just make the money and then it's just an investment that pays you passively and you don't even have to think about where you're flying your horse to next because <laughs> then he's still getting you know whatever 15 percent of that back-end money because he owns six of the 40 shares sure 
plus 12 million lump sum that you can then do whatever you want with or invest in buying a bunch more horses and just build yeah. a fucking horse pyramid. A multi-level marketing scheme made of horses. Yeah, except there's like an actual, you know, product at some point. Yeah. Um, I forget. I had... Oh, here we go. So in his first season of studying, Shergar um, he mated with 40 mares at 80,000 pounds per mating. Okay. So that's 3.2 million pounds the first season. Good, good hard day's work. And in 82, that would have been the equivalent of $5.4 million because a pound was, was powerful back then. And then adjusted for inflation, that's about $14.5 million in 2021 dollars. Bro, how do we get some horses? <laughs> well, <laughs> that, is what the, uh, that is what the Irish Republican Army thought to themselves when they needed some money. Most they likely. Needed, that they should get some horses? Yeah. Or potentially this horse? Yes. Uh-oh. I think this was their test horse. but Bro, the army went after this horse? Well, so I don't... I, I am pretty ignorant about the the troubles and the the whole Northern Ireland conflict from that happened from like the 60s through the 90s that was sort of at its peak in the early 80s from what i can tell yep so the the irish provisional irish republican army i don't think was like was not the official irish army um they're described as a paramilitary group um that sought to end british rule in northern ireland facilitate irish uni reunification and bring about an independent republic. So I think it was like a privately organized military group. Yes. I could be very wrong about that, but that was my understanding. No, you're right. I mean, they were like, my understanding of it is they were citizens fighting back against their rulers, sure. if you will. I, I, I know very little about that whole situation. Um, Back to horses for a moment. Did you know that all thoroughbred horses on the planet today can tra trace their lineage back to one of three horses? All thoroughbred horses in the world are descendants of three horses or one of three horses. It's like the Attila the Hun of horses. Sure. <laughs> I don't know much about him either. I don't know anything about history, it turns out. I'm also very bad at history. Um, I didn't know that. That's fucking crazy. Uh, and there are three horses from like 300 years ago. This is this is not a terribly recent uh, breeding development. Oh, well, go ahead. Thoroughbred horses have been around for well. Oh no, not until the hunt. Genghis Khan. Damn. Sure. Fucked it up. He banged One a lot of horses. One in 200 men are direct descendants of Genghis Khan. Damn. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's not quite 100%, but... No, but it's it's a lot of... <laughs> 
It's a lot of uh, procreation. We'll say that and keep it moving. So I watched a uh, back to your your plane question from earlier. Although we probably shouldn't revisit it. I did watch the BBC made a documentary called Searching for Shergar. Uh, oh, it starts with a very scary drone. Uh, I think last year, two years ago. And they, they first of all, have video of him, Shergar, getting off an airplane. Hell they yeah. also have video of him when they're talking about like his, his season of studying, which is just amazing and should be the name of this horse's memoir if he had one. But a, a season of studying. Uh-huh. Uh, they have video in the back, like their B-roll is him just fucking other horses. And it's terrifying. Oh, boy. Horses That's... are huge. 2,000 pound creatures. Want to getting it on is real scary. Much about this <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I mean,. I guess that seems like a necessary part of telling that story, but I don't know. It, it was not necessary. They did it, and therefore <laughs> I saw it. But it, I could, I would have understood just fine without seeing it. Yeah, that's no. Yeah, necessary is the wrong word. I can understand what what happens when horses procreate without needing B roll. I mean, I did, I did, honestly, I I didn't have a great grasp of it before, but I. I preferred not having a great grasp of it. If, if yeah, you don't need that. Mean. Right. Don't, don't need that. Like, I now do better understand how horses bang, but I didn't want to have a better understanding of that particular topic. I could have gone through the rest of my adult life with when a mommy horse and a daddy horse love each other, <laughs> and that could have been it. Uh, no, Nobody was touching the ground, so you, your theory does still hold, I guess, in that regard. Or I, I should say that only their their feet were touching. They weren't they weren't floating. This Did you is know the horses most, can hover. It's the most crucial part about horse mating. <laughs> it's where the airplane comes in. They can only bang after being pushed out of an airplane. They. It's only look. You get the best chances of fertilization when you're flying. It's just a fact. It's just dang. That's just science. <laughs> Fuck gravity. <laughs> anyway. To the uh, the less fun, but crux of this story. Man, horse napping is cool conceptually. I'm just, I'm scared about where this is going to go to make it sad. Well, yeah. But before we get to that, let's take a quick break to talk about better help. If there's something that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from reaching your goals, take control of your mental health today by going to betterhelp.com slash what if. You fill out a questionnaire and they'll get you set up in 24 to 48 hours with a professional licensed therapist who you can meet with weekly uh, over video chats. You can text. They have iOS and Android apps. And if you want to change therapists for any reason at any time, you can do it for no additional charge. So go to BetterHelp.com slash what if and you'll get 10% off your first month of therapy. That's BetterHelp.com slash what if. So Shergar was at this stud farm. That's where he lived. Seems like a pretty good life. You just got people taking care of you. Every third day, a horse shows up and you got to bang it. And then you go back to <laughs> napping and eating and having people Be brush you, running around in a field, whatever you do. Being a horse. Yeah. I mean, whatever. at that point, you are a almost literal golden goose. Like people are like, 
protecting you at all costs. Yeah, whatever horsey activities you want to get into, I'm sure it's all all there for you. So at about 8 p.m. on February 8th of 1983, he was at his stable in County Kildare, Kild- Kildare, I don't know, when uh, there was a knock on the door. Of- this is, wait, sorry, this is in Ireland now? He's back yeah. in Ireland? Yep. Okay. Yeah, they fl- oh, I forgot the best part. They flew him back to Ireland after his, his racing career. And they just walked him down the middle of some street, and they had like a giant impromptu horse parade. Hell yeah, bro! Like thousands of people just came out to the street just to like cheer for a horse walking down the street. I this dude wish was a national hero. So badly to one day go to Ireland <laughs> and get drunk in the streets and cheer for horses for, that for a one like horse a, parade. That sounds like a fucking blast. So 8 p.m., February 8th, 1983, the head groom who lived, uh, I guess, had like a house on the same property as the uh, the stable. His son goes to answer the door, which seems a little, a little fucked, but uh, knock on the door, they open it up, and there are two dudes wearing ski masks holding machine guns. Uh-oh. And said to uh head groom guy we've come for shergar and we want three million dollars for him so jim fitzgerald who was the the head groom wait we want as in like we we want money and the horse i i think their plan was to ransom the horse back for three million dollars i don't know why they felt obligated to tell his caretaker at that moment (laughs) That guy's like, oh, cool, let me lift my mattress up real quick. Right, like, that dude doesn't have your money. Uh, So Jim Fitzgerald was the guy's name, the the caretaker. They force him at gunpoint to down to where Shergar's sleeping, probably laying down. (laughs) And there are six more masked gunmen waiting outside. Oh, they're already there. Well, they're, I don't know if they were, like, at the stable, but they were, like, outside. Only two guys came to the door, but there were eight total, apparently. Well, if, okay, keep going. So, they walk down to the stable with this dude. They load Shergar into a horse box, which I don't know what that is, but it, I'm assuming it's some way to transport a horse. My guess would be it is a box that can, a horse. indeed, fit a horse. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I just don't know if that's like if it's literally just like a steel box or yeah 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 or is it one of those like wood ones with like the little like crack in it where you can see it's a seems to be another name for a horse trailer in the in the old U.S. of A. I just don't understand why they needed Jim if their guys were already there. Like we know which horses Shergar and we're gonna put him in there. Well, maybe I don't, they. I don't know if they did, and also I don't know if the horse is gonna willingly go with eight weirdos with guns yeah. and masks true like and, you hold the carrot and lead him in here yeah well and they also took jim with them so uh, oh they get jim at gunpoint to put shergar into a trailer they connect the trailer to their vehicle they toss jim blindfolded into the vehicle they drive around for a couple hours and then toss jim out of the car okay so that he fulfilled his role of getting Shergar in the vehicle, and then 
they waste some time so that the police don't get called and then they kick him out in the middle of nowhere so he has to like wander to find a payphone to call the police or his family or whatever. Sure. So for some reason, his first call was to his brother who then started this like phone tree of calling Shergar's owners, the vet, racing associates, um, and a whole bunch of people who aren't the police. So the police didn't actually learn about this horse napping until eight hours later. So they get a call like the next morning, basically saying, hey, this horse disappeared. But at that point, dude could be hundreds of miles away. Right. Right. Before they kicked Jim out of the car, they gave him a code word so that they would he would know when they called to negotiate the ransom that it was really the dudes with the horse. Oh, got it. Cuz it as soon as it hits the news, somebody else could be like And they got, I got the horse, bring me the money here. Right. They got a bunch of fake calls over the next like once this was a huge national News story. Yeah. So a couple of days later, they get a call with the code word, and they initially requested two million pounds. And complicating this further, beca- between the police not really having a good, like, a, they were behind from the start in the investigation, a lot of people didn't want to talk to the police because they feared that the IRA, the Irish Republican Army, might be involved, and they didn't want to put themselves or their families in potentially dangerous situations by snitching on the IRA. So the police didn't have much to go with. Um, And then in trying to negotiate this, you have 35 owners of this horse. So you got different, you got different takes of like, here's what we should do to get this thing back, or not get this thing back, or let's pay it, or let's right. not pay it, or and also strange, the the kidnappers were negotiating directly with the owners, but they also sent three uh, journalists who covered horse racing to a hotel in Belfast. To negotiate or to like convey information to them somehow. So there were like these multiple negotiations happening sort of in isolation from each other. And I never, I, I never got a great idea of why the journalists were involved. Like they, they have no, they can't negotiate. They can like get information to the media I guess, but like, I don't know if they were trying to negotiate partially through the media or like put apply pressure somehow to the ownership group through the media. I, I yeah. couldn't really figure that part out. Yeah. I wonder. The only thing I can think of is like if there's a political message behind what they're trying to accomplish right. that is related to the fact that they have ransomed this super famous horse. I could see there being a connection there of like 
we want you to communicate our political message along with like the rest of this isn't just like a ransomed famous horse this is a ransom famous horse and we want you to get our message out about why we need the money and what we're going to do with it and like all that right. stuff i don't think that was the case though because the the ransom the ransomers the kidnappers never identified themselves so they weren't saying like we are representatives of the ira and we stole your horse they were just saying we stole your horse and you should give us money for him got it so you would think if there were a message you would want to say the message and who it was coming from and that never really happened yeah so the ownership group was split on whether they should pay the ransom or not and ultimately decided not to because they didn't want to set the precedent of paying horse ransoms because they feared that that would then put every racehorse in Ireland at risk, especially if it was the IRA who had recently moved from, shifted their strategy from bank robbing to kidnapping. First humans and now apparently, or allegedly, horses. I mean, you're going like, all right, how many, (coughs) excuse me, how many horses does this billionaire own? Well, <laughs> like, I mean, of this ownership group of 35 people who own horses, they probably own, I mean, one dude owned at one point 100 horses, and then you've got 34 other people who also own horses. Right. All over the got, world, but a lot of them in and around Ireland. You got uh, you got infinite cash flow off of all those cats. Right. I mean, if you pay two million pounds for one horse, then they're probably going to at least try it again. Uh, at a minimum, at a minimum, one or two more times. At a maximum, in perpetuity, forever, until you put all of your horses in fucking jail cells. Right. Well, yeah, and then like you can't adapt quickly to housing horses in a secure location. You know, yeah. like they kind of have to be outside, and they're kind of yeah. real big. Unless, uh, unless you hire your own military to just stand watch with fucking weapons, which is going to cost you a shitload of money, and you're not going to be able to do overnight. And it's going to be. I mean, you can do it overnight, but you just got to pay more money. Yeah, I guess. So after a few days, I think five or six days, maybe, um, they get a phone call from the kidnappers, and they just say- Spencer, Spencer, the horse nappers, I'm sorry, from the horse nappers. (laughs) And they just say, the horse has had an accident, he's dead, and they hang up. What? They never heard from the kidnappers, the horse nappers again. They never paid a ransom. No one has ever admitted to the crime, and no one has ever been convicted of a crime related to it, and the case is still open. What? What? And Shergar? It's unclear what actually happened, because no one's ever admitted to it, no one's been convicted. No remains have ever been found of Shergar. So, I mean, it seems like you probably wouldn't say that he had died if he didn't. Because the horse itself doesn't do you much good, right? Like, it's only well, valuable as Shergar. Like, if you just have another random thoroughbred, maybe you could make some money off of it, but not anywhere close to what, you know, the greatest racehorse of all time would be making. I mean, and then you got to have the facilities 
unless like you can flip them on the black market somewhere. But even then, like who's at some other stud farm is going to buy them and then be like, well, I don't know. This is just a horse that looks exactly like that one that got kidnapped. You should pay us half a million pounds to have them bang your horse. Okay. So I totally hear you, but I do think there's a world where like, I mean, I don't know, man, you put that horse in a horse box and you fly that horse to like Saudi Arabia and you find another guy just like the guy you stole it from. If you had a buyer lined up already, sure. I mean, I don't know. But then why, why bother negotiating the ransom at all then? Why not just disappear off the map and then yeah. why why run the risk of being in, in communication with the owners and the media and shit? Uh you do Wouldn't yourself you want a to do favor. that as low key as possible? Yeah, but you also kind of do yourself a favor by pretending like it was a short term thing and then never mind the horse is dead. That way you can, or maybe you're trying to do that to go, maybe we can kind of shut the door on this and it won't be as like, you know what I'm saying? Like People would stop looking around after a week, you're saying? Or people would just be like, oh, fuck, the horse is dead. Like, we're going to still try to find these guys, but you're not looking for the horse anymore if you think the horse is dead. So in this case, they were because their insurance company wouldn't pay out on the horse without proof that he was dead. So they're like, look, if Shergar is running the wild fields somewhere in fucking Germany or Saudi Arabia. Or, or fucking, if he's just in some other guy's stable across town, we can't pay your insurance policy because it didn't include theft, apparently. <laughs> Disappearance. Right. So Look, look, man, I totally get it, but I'm going to need a dead horse. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, basically, it came down to that, yeah. They, look, I'm super sorry, but if I don't see a dead horse... <laughs> You're not kidding. It's it seems sort of reasonable. First of all, that, their, their initial ask was that they needed a written statement from uh, someone with direct knowledge of the kidnapping. That was the, okay. the insurance company's initial request, which I understand needing some sort of proof because otherwise. You disappear your own horse and collect, I'm assuming, a seven or eight figure insurance policy on him. Sure. And then you got horses disappearing all over Ireland, too. <laughs> Guess another one of our horses got kidnapped. <laughs> Dang. $10,000 check or $10 million check, please. Right. So their first request for the insurance companies was we need someone who like saw this happen to tell us in writing. That they saw this horse die, or at least like get kidnapped. What accident does a horse have in five days of you having kidnapped it that literally kills it? Well, that's a good question. That well, these two things are connected. So one second, they the ownership group found a jailed IRA informant named Sean O'Callaghan who was willing to said he had direct knowledge of the Shergar kidnapping and was willing to go on the record about it. And he gave As in a, like saying he participated in it or yes. 
I'm okay. assuming so. I mean, he he says he knows what happened, and the, the requirement was that it was someone with direct knowledge of that. So he could be lying, but he's saying like I saw this happen slash I was involved, or I knew somebody who did it, or whatever, whatever. I don't think that even would have met the bar that the insurance company was asking for, but I, I'm interpreting it as he was either one of the eight guys there that night or was like involved within those next five or six days, whatever it was. Got you. Um, O'Callaghan was absolutely, this is a, a quote from the guy who interviewed him, absolutely definitive that the animal had died very quickly. He said, quote, the animal was taken in a horse box on the road up to Latrim, and he had become excitable. They stopped several times to quiet the horse, and they discovered he had fractured one of his front legs. Oh, no. He was in considerable distress, and not having any veterinary backup, they felt they had no alternative but to destroy the horse, and that is when they shot him. So... Share guard. This dude, this informant said that they killed the horse within 24 hours of kidnapping him which so seems plausible that if you don't know how to transport a horse you're he's in a trailer that maybe was not like designed for this <laughs> yeah or well f- fit to him or whatever and then he's obviously under stress he's going in the middle of the night with eight people that he doesn't know you're probably also driving somewhere super like remote and not like well kept if you're trying to fucking hide a fucking horse in a box. You probably haven't driven a lot of loaded horse trailers before. Right. Um and then And then you try to continue negotiating for the money and see if you can still get a payday even though you know you got a dead horse in a field somewhere. Right. I had to research a little bit why you have to usually kill horses that break their legs. That always seemed really extreme to me. Yeah, I thought it had something to do with the fact that, like, they're because their their legs and their ankles are so small that they like don't ever reheal properly or something like that, and then they that, like straight up can't walk. That's basically it. Like they, especially with thoroughbreds, they just first of all when they break. They normally shatter or break in multiple places, so it wouldn't even be always possible to, like, put the bone back together. Damn. Um, And then they have – their legs are such that, like, all of their leg muscle is above the knee, basically. So if you break that lower leg bone, there's nothing there to stabilize it. It's basically just the bone and, like, some tendons and some skin and shit. Yeah, yeah. And then a horse has no idea that it needs to stay off its leg, so they're extremely likely to re-injure it. And most right. most of the time with thoroughbreds, if they break a leg, they will just end up being like in pain and miserable until they eventually die. Mm. So that is why you apparently shoot horses that break their legs if they're racehorses. Also, I felt like shooting was a kind of intense. I mean, if you're a criminal in a field, yes, but I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if there's necessarily a nice way to kill something. I mean, I don't know. We've, well, <laughs> let's not. We've, this story not is not super a, fun. Let's not focus on the how they specifically killed the horse part. Let's not have a death penalty conversation while we're at it. They gave him the 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 Bruce Lee one inch punch right to the heart. Hey, that could work too. Horses weigh a thousand pounds, 
And those Fuck. legs are fucking like the, the size of my forearm. I'm saying, bro, that's why I was worried about takeoff and landing in a fucking airplane, bro. Also, they're apparently front heavy. More of their weight is on their front legs than their back. Yeah, because they got chest and head all in all in the front piece. Yeah. They, they interviewed in this documentary, Searching for Shergar, which I keep confusing with Searching for Sugar Man, that music doc from like 10 years ago. Definitely not the same documentary. Very different stories. Eh, moderately different stories. <laughs> uh, they interviewed Shergar's vet, and the first shot of him, he's standing in the hallway of his house, and he's just got paintings of horses all down this long hallway, and he's looking yeah. at one. And the the interviewer just says, what makes a good horse? Which is just a phenomenal opening question for this guy yeah. in the let horse it, Just let it hang out there and let him do what he do with it. <laughs> he says, oh, I like a good head. A horse has <laughs> got to have a good head. Sure. And they just like, he's clearly looking at this painting of a horse working his way down. He's like, and a good neck. This horse has got to have a good neck. <laughs> and I guarantee you there's footage of the, they cut away, but there's footage somewhere of this dude going like. Describing an entire horse. Horse has to have good shoulders, good, strong shoulders. And he's got to have a good back. Just all, <laughs> just, all just the way down to the tip of his tail. Inadvertently doing an anatomy lesson on horses. <laughs> Bro, also, I would have loved that interviewer to interrupt him and say, I'm sorry, could you elaborate on the difference between a good head and a bad head on a horse? What does a horse with a bad head look like? Oh, no. It's got a, just a shame. Oh, he's got a, that's the worst head I've ever seen on a horse. He, he looks like a fucking psychopath. What, just an absolutely insane looking horse. What is wrong with its head? I mean, it's literally on sideways. I, I, how did it even get that way? Better than that, what would be a what would be a bad looking neck? Like the, the head is fine, but that neck is just a train wreck. I mean, you know, he's got a he's got an absolutely dashing head, but that neck looks like nine bowling balls just glued together. What, what an awful neck on that horse! Would have been would have been a ten out of ten. That drops it down to a five. Like a horse Pops. was just like a real. Real thick double chin. Do horses have chins? I don't. Maybe they don't have chins. Oh, they got chins. Yeah, that's, that's the bottom part of their little bottom jaw. If you got a bottom, bottom jaw, jaw, you got a chin. Is that how yeah, it works? That's, that's, that's the bottom. That's the other side of your yeah. So I'm yeah. imagining like the 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 neck because they got those long ass necks. Jowl. Good, You're thinking necks. jowls. Yeah, I guess. But like from the front, you know, like pushed up, like you know, when you stick your head sure. back, that whole joint. Sure. It's got rolls. You got neck rolls. Right. Or just like a horse with no neck, just just a fucking fat head on some shoulders. Just a real wide. Now dome. we're talking. <laughs> anyway, you know when he's he's got a bad neck because there ain't one. <laughs> the only the only bad neck is no neck. That's what I say. <laughs> so, Any neck is good neck in the horse business. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh fuck! You know sometimes. Sometimes you got to wait. Sometimes you got to listen to the whole hour of our bullshit to get to the best part of the show. <laughs> yeah, iTunes guys. You're not here for this cuz this isn't for you. It's for the real this for the real fans. This is for the deep OGs. <laughs> anyway. Oh um, fuck. So they never got their horse back, but and Well, yeah. <laughs> no one got any money. It's kind of a kind of a lose-lose for everyone, especially Shergar. I <laughs> 
They they tried to find oh so they they presented sorry that's to wrap up the story from like ten minutes ago, they presented <laughs> O'Callaghan's statement to the insurance company and then at that point the insurance company was like you know actually we're gonna need to see the dead horse, <laughs> so they didn't take the statement, they requested remains uh, which have never been found, and they've never paid out the insurance claim to the ownership group. Damn. Well, you know what? I'm just going to envision a world where Shergar is in like a field somewhere in Egypt or fucking, I don't know, Austria. Maybe they just like, they just forgot done. to close the trailer and he just, he, the first time they stopped, he just walked out. Dude, those motherfuckers can swim. He just swam the English Channel and fucking <laughs> kept going. There, there was one more con in this story that I forgot about. The Stan Cosgrove, who was the the vet, the the good horse head guy I was just talking about. Yeah, he got conned out of this story. Actually, just keeps getting worse. He got conned <laughs> out of uh, eighty thousand pounds in nineteen eighty three. What by by the police? What? Yeah. So a damn de- Ireland, <laughs> relax. An Irish detective set up like a fake. It's like a double fake ransom. So he he told Stan Cosgrove, the Shergar's vet, that he had heard from the kidnappers that they like still had the horse, right? And so they were going to set up this fake ransom with the kidnappers and get this horse back. This is what the detective is telling Shergar's vet. Okay. And the detective says... In order to set it up, though, we need actual cash. Stan, do you have 80 grand? And Stan says, yes. Gives w- 80 grand to the detective, and then the detective guy disappears. Okay. Look, I'm sorry, Stan, but that's the most boneheaded thing anyone's ever... Why would you not be like, uh, that horse is owned by like 40 fucking billionaires. Why don't right. you go ask any of the people who actually own it for fucking 80 grand? So there's an interview with Stan and his son in the, the documentary. And his son is just sitting next to him on this couch the whole time being like, Yeah, dad just... Uh, fucking... Dad just gave him the money. Uh, just, uh, uh, fucking he's a, here... You know, he doesn't lie to people, so he thinks people don't lie to him, and uh, he's a good guy, and he just gave him my uh, 80 grand. <laughs> and this kid's just like, and that none of that shit is getting inherited to me at any given point in my life, and it's, that sucks. Well, Stan is like 90 in this interview, and his son is like 60, so it's just two old, sad-looking Irishmen remembering the time that one of them lost 80 grand to a, a fake cop about a horse, or a real, co- a real cop who was scamming him about a horse. What a bastard. Yeah, cops, man. Well, Sluck stands, stands just over here being like, oh, I love the I love the goddamn horse. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I love the horse so much. I got to... Maybe he was... I mean, he was like the horse vet. So maybe 80K just wasn't shit to him. Maybe he was super rich. And he's like, you know what? This probably is a scam, but it's worth it to find out and get my guy back. I love that I, damn horse. Right, right. A beautiful horse. Great neck. Great head. <laughs> Good but head. But I mean, like... Solid, po- solid shoes. He has some good shoes on him when he left. Oh, tops shoes. I mean, I got to imagine if you are the vet for the horse that's worth $50 million a year, you are probably getting paid a relatively healthy sum of money to be that. I would hope so. <laughs> that veterinarian that keeps yeah. that horse alive and um, kicking. The IRA actually had like, uh, okay, so we're assuming that 
the Irish Republican Army was behind this horse napping because the only info we have is this informant saying, yes, this is what happened, and no one has offered any contradictory versions of, of events. It seems to make sense with they were trying to raise money. They had recently started kidnapping people to raise money. Yeah. Um, and specifically, I mean, Shergar was probably the most valuable horse in Ireland at the time, but it also yep. made sense to target him because of who his owner was in that his owner had billions of dollars. Right. Could definitely afford a two or three million pound ransom. Right. And also wouldn't have, it wouldn't have the same political implications for him to be paying a $3 million bribe to a paramilitary group in the middle of a conflict. Sure. Sure. Because he's, he's like, not Irish. Fucking not my circus, not my monkeys. I, I just, don't give a fuck. I just, just give want me my, my horse back. Yeah. Just give me my $50 million horse back. Right. Um, there was also something they, they chose the, can't find it in my notes now but they chose that night specifically because a lot of horses were being transported that night for some race or competition or something oh okay so they would they be did. less conspicuous driving a horse trailer around at 10 o'clock on a tuesday or whatever it was it's like in the dark night when the joker puts all the money from the bank robbery into the bus and then pulls the bus out into like the schools letting out at the end of the day. And there's like 150 New York city buses all over the place. Wait, what, what, what it's like, what bus are you going to go after? It's the same shit. It's like, what horse trailer do you actually go right. hunt down if you're or, looking for horses or like that one, whichever fast and furious it is where they pull some version of that same trick. Oh yeah. They, they like all go into a, under a bridge or into a parking garage and then drive out in the same looking car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, bro. Fast and Furious. All right. Got it. The whole point of the episode was to connect horse napping to the Fast and Furious. And we got there. And we're it there. only took us an hour, but we got there. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm still going to envision Shergar just chewing on grass and studding his little life away in a foreign country. Or maybe, maybe he's just a wild Irish horse now. Who knows? Just... The fastest wild horse there's ever been. Leaping over hill and dale and just, you know. Laying down and not dying. <laughs> Super not dying. <laughs> Taking all kinds of comfortable naps. Maybe doing a little, one of those little dirt rolls that horses do that are so adorable. Whew, thought you were going to say one of those dirt naps for a second and I got nervous. Nope. No, you already, well, nope. No. We out of here! Okay. All right. Uh, Ryan, it's been a pleasure. What's that? I said, Ryan, it's been a pleasure. It's been a ding-dang pleasure Thank you for having as well. Me. <laughs> You're absolutely welcome anytime on on this episode of Horse Napping with Ryan. Is this where I get to plug my shit? It's horses sleep. Horses, horse go night-night. Horse I, I napping. thought for sure this was going to be a, a domain purchasing episode. Maybe there's just been too many recently. but Horsenapping.com? Yeah, because are you stealing it or is he tuckered? Which one is it? Could be either. It's, it's a great bit. It is. It is definitely. It is definitely both, and it is a good bit. <laughs> hmm. I'll have to think about it. All right. Uh, you're listening to this on Tuesday night, or maybe Wednesday morning, or any time after that in the future. <laughs> Hello, future people. I have a record coming out on Friday, and you should listen to it. It's called "A Movie About the End of the World," set in 1990s Las Vegas. You should go listen to it and purchase it from Bandcamp.com. 
bigcatsbeats.bandcamp.com. Buy that shit, please. All If you buy it on Friday, 100% of the money will go to my bank account, which would be fun. Um, say that website one more time. What's your, your bank camp site? Oh, it's, uh, it's bigcatsbeats.bandcamp.com or maybe the other way around. Is it the other way around? No, it's the, it's the, it's the other one. It's big cats beats. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if the band camp came first or the big cats came first. Yeah. Another way to get, uh, Spencer's record and help him out is just to go to (laughs) horsenapping.com. There it is. So just go to horsenapping.com and buy Spencer's new record on Friday. <laughs> Do it. Horse napping. Is it sleeping or is it being napped Taken. up? Or both. Find out. Can you can you steal a sleeping horse? It's like Find a, it's out like a by listening. Philosophical riddle right there, Ryan. To a movie about the end of the world that takes place also in the city of Las Vegas. A sleeping horse cannot be stolen. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's it's deep shit. You just gotta think about it, fam. <laughs> if but but if you think about it though. But if you really think about it though. Okay, love you bye. Subscribe to our Patreon. It's extra episodes for five dollars a month. This is my podcast now. Sorry, Ryan. I was gonna say you're taking over. I'm always the one that does this stuff. Do it. Do it. Tell uh, them out tell them the phone number. Patreon.com slash what if pod. Cast. Cast. The whole word. <laughs> Keep going. You got uh, we've this. We've got hundreds of episodes there that you can get for just $5 a month. Plus, we put out an extra episode every Friday. Uh, you can send us an email at hi at whatifpodcast.com. Yes. You can follow us on some social media places like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at whatifpod. Nailed it. You can leave us a voicemail at 612-646- Oh, nope, nope. Two four six. 4614? There it is. 612-246-4614. Fucking right. Um, I think that's all of the things. Horsenapping.com. Go to horsenapping.com. Have a good week. We love you. Bye. Hell yes. <laughs>